It's been wonderful to be together this morning, uh, and it's my privilege just to uh, open up God's Word for a few minutes before we, uh, we can go downstairs, grab a tea or coffee. So if you have a Bible with you, would you like to turn to the book of 1 Timothy and chapter 6? We're going to look at the last two verses in 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. You can look on the screen uh, above the stage and uh, we'll get on with it, shall we? So here we are at the very end of 1 Timothy. And Paul writes this. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed, and in so doing have wandered from the faith. Grace be with you. This is uh, Paul's final words in this letter to his friend Timothy. And uh, I just want to ask you, do you have any family heirlooms? Have you had anything handed down to you? Uh, sometimes when this happens, it could be uh, jewellery or a piece of furniture, some, some things that are really special in your family. Maybe there are some people in the room and your, your mum said to you, here, have this. My mum gave it to me, now I'm giving it to you. Give it to your daughter in the future. Something really precious that's kind of handed all the way through different generations. Sometimes they're things of great uh, value. If you, if you were to sell it, you'd raise a huge price. Sometimes they're just of... Uh, of sentimental value, they mean a lot to you. If you show them to someone else, it won't mean much to them. Uh, I've just been considering things that we have in our house that have been handed down to us. I, obviously, I was limited. I couldn't bring the really big, expensive things. But uh, let me show you what was handed down to me. My, 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 grandma and grand, uh, my grandma and granddad passed away a few years ago. They made it to their, well into their 90s. And, um, and I have their kitchen timer. Now, you might be thinking that I was holding out for something better. But no, nothing says grandma and granddad to me like this kitchen timer. When you've gone into the same house for over 30 years of your life, and you've, you've spent time with your grandma and granddad, uh, they don't seem to change at all. The house doesn't seem to change at all. Everything is in its right place. Then things like this have kind of tremendous sentimental uh, Value, so I'm just going to set it now. How, how long would you like me to? Uh... <laughs> Still works. It's great. So, like the kitchen timer, and uh, something else that was handed down to us is this this blue folder. Now, again, you might think, well, what's what of what of any great value could be in a blue folder? And uh, before uh, she passed away, my grandma. Uh, Marion Salmon wrote down all of her, in her own hand, she wrote down all of her favourite recipes. And so she's passed those on to us. And she was doing showstoppers uh, before Mary Berry could make a sandwich. She was <laughs> awesome. And we frequently, we, we would go around to the house and we'd always hope, please, Lord, may Grandma have made Malteser cake which in this booklet is chocolate meringue gatto, but we knew it as Malteser cake. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So things have tremendous value, and they're, they're entrusted. You look at this passage, something has been entrusted to Timothy. Something that's very precious has been handed down to him. And Paul is saying to Timothy, Oh, Timothy, 
Guard it. Protect it. Look after it. Use it. Value what has been passed down to you. And you, we might think of it and think, well, it doesn't look like very much. What, what's he talking about? What has been passed down then to Timothy? He is in his hands holding treasure, as it were. What was, it, what was entrusted to him? Looking back through the letter, we might say a very important task was entrusted to him. We might say that. Right at the beginning of the letter, Paul says, stay there in Ephesus. Command certain people not to teach false doctrine anymore. He's saying, stay. I know, Timothy, you'd like to leave, really. It's hard work, but it's an important task. Stay put. That church needs you. That city needs you. Could say that. It's a task. We could say it's a gift. The gift that God has given him. Later on in the letter, Paul will say, Don't neglect the gift of God which is in you, which you received when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, uh, to preaching and to teaching. So we could say he, uh, he had a gift of teaching that he received prophetically when others laid their hands on him. That's what it means. Or we could say, we might say he's been entrusted with people. He's responsible to, to shepherd maybe a, ch- a church or a group of churches, hundreds, possibly thousands of believers. All of those say something about what has been entrusted to Timothy, but those things themselves aren't the treasure. The treasure that's been handed to Timothy is something more wonderful, something timeless, something more uh, valuable than those uh, things I've just mentioned. Uh, Paul can say himself at the beginning of the letter, this, this glorious gospel which has been entrusted to me. And in 2 Timothy, the next letter he writes to him, in chapter 1 and verse 13, he can write this, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Saying, God has entrusted something to you. Actually, maybe Timothy, Paul is saying that himself. I've entrusted something to you. I've entrusted this teaching about Jesus. Nothing on earth compares to this. There's nothing as valuable. There's nothing as powerful. There's nothing as important as what God has given to you, the truth that is in Jesus. I wonder what God has entrusted to you. What task? Maybe like Timothy thinking, oh, I wish I could just do something else, somewhere else, for someone else. But my task right now, it might be you're flicking through uh, the magazine later on, you can identify with some of the stories that are shared inside. Somebody self-employed, somebody in publishing, somebody raising a family, someone teaching, someone leading a church. God has entrusted, if you like, different tasks, different responsibilities to different ones of us. Maybe even different gifts. Those with the gift of teaching, those with the gift of prophecy, those with other gifts of hospitality and mercy and so on. He's entrusted different gifts and entrusted different people. Or maybe it's just one. You're looking after a relative. Just one. Just a small family. Or, or maybe hundreds of people. Or tens of people for whom you're responsible for. But what is the treasure that we carry? It is the good news in Jesus Christ. How do we handle this treasure in whistle-stop fashion 
I will still give you three points. Firstly, remember the value of what you've been given. Think about it. Consider its value. Don't just say, oh, it's that old thing, it's nothing. We, we can be so prone or so encouraged in a way to always be searching out after the new thing, the latest idea, the latest technology, the, uh, the newest information, rather than treasuring something old that's been there for a long time. You might think, well, it looks a bit dated, it sounds a bit strange. Do we really need that? We want to, sometimes we just want to move on to the fresh. What Paul is saying, though, is remember the value of what you've been given. Treasure this old truth. Treasure these wonderful words. Sometimes others have, been, uh, have, have dismissed the gospel. They've been getting into uh, what are uh, described here as godless chatter, opposing ideas of what's falsely called Knowledge, Just searching for the latest idea. Paul says, no, the gospel in Jesus is a priceless treasure of incredible worth. You might think, oh, it's just sentimental. It's valuable to them. You might look at the things I brought in and think, well, okay, I can understand that's valuable for you, but it doesn't have value for everyone. Paul, Paul is still like a man who's opened a treasure chest And even years after opening the treasure chest, he's still going, wow, wow, the the glow just on his face of, of incredible worth. That's what it's like. He can say, look, this abundant grace was poured out in my life. I've been forgiven. When I think about where I came from, when I think about the person I was, he can describe, I was a violent man. I blasphemed. I did this. I did this. But God saw fit in his mercy to pour out grace onto my life. Abundant grace. Transforming power. My life is different now. I'm not the same person I used to be. It's amazing how patient God has been with me. Let me just tell you about it. That's what Paul can do. He's still going, wow. Wow. Rather than, oh yeah, well I need to move on now. That was in, back then, yeah, oh, 15, 16, 20 years ago, was it now? Did I give my life to him? Yeah. But I've kind of moved on since. No, we don't move on from the gospel. Where people call us go, wow, it's still amazing. His grace is still amazing. He still has the power to change anybody's life completely. And it's not just something that applies to a few. Later on in the letter, he'll say, there's one God. And there's one mediator. It's like there's one go-between. There's one way, in other words. There's one way to God. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the saviour of the world. It's not just true for me. It's true for us. It's true for all. So remember the tremendous value of what you've been given. But if you know the story uh, that Jesus told, the parable of the talents. In the parable of the talents, Jesus tells the story of how a master is going away, and before he does, he gives his wealth to his servants. He gives five talents. That's not like unicycling and juggling, you know, not, not those kind of talents. He's giving money, giving five big sacks of gold, in effect, to one servant, two to another, and, and, and one sack of gold to the third servant. And I think, what? what is that? It says he gave them different amounts according to their ability. And we might think, well, I, 
I, I don't have the same opportunity as, as Timothy. I don't have the same responsibilities. I'm not leading a church. Uh, I'm not responsible for thousands of people. I don't have a tremendous teaching gift. No, but you've still got gold in your hands. Every servant in that story, when, oh, when, the, when the master left, every servant had gold in their hands. Something of incredible worth. Remember it. Remember. So, but what else do we do as well as remember? We put it to work. Guard the deposit. Guard it, Timothy. It can sound like a defensive thing to do, like a castle is under siege, but in the middle of the castle, in, in the middle of, uh, inside the outer walls, there's a keep. And that's where, you go, that's where the people would go with their treasures, with some food, with some water, if the castle's under threat. Oh, we can live here for a long time. We'll be fine in the end. Let's huddle together, everyone. And sometimes Christians or the church can, can have that kind of culture. We are under threat, so let's just huddle together. Let's sit it out. Let's, let's protect what we have. It sounds very uh, negative, defensive. Well, let's just say I have a pet lion. Let's just say I've asked you to look after my pet lion with a few friends of yours. And uh, there's a big cage um, and the lion's inside, but I've just said, oh, by the way, there are some people that really don't like me having this lion, so they're bound to come and try and uh, attack it. It's your job to protect it. How do you protect a lion? You think, oh, right, well, we'll find a chair. You just kind of gather around nervously around the cage, thinking, well, how many people are going to come? Uh, which direction are they going to come in? What have we got to hand? Which way we can fend them off? Don't worry about it. Open the door. Let the lion go and meet its trackers. I'm not saying with the gospel we're, we're kind of being aggressive in that way. Just saying, no, the, the, the word of God, the gospel is true. It's powerful. It has the power to take care of itself. What have we got to do? Just nicely with a smile on our face, open the door. Say, this is the word of God. This is the message of hope. This is where you can find life. It's in Jesus and so in the parable of the talents as well, which I won't refer to, uh, we won't turn to, but it's in Matthew 25. What, how are they to handle the treasure that they were given? It says of the two servants with five and two talents, they put it to work. They invested it. They went away going, wow, we've got gold. Think of what we can do. Think of how we can invest this and it will grow. And when the master comes back, that's what they say. Look, I've got five more. I've got two more. But the third servant, it says that he was afraid. What does the third servant do? He digs a hole and he puts the talent or he puts the gold in the ground. The master is gone a long time. And when he comes back to settle accounts, this one, this servant has to say, here you go. There it is. It's back. Because he was scared. What was he scared of? Was he afraid of his master being a hard man? Is that what he thought? That's what he said. Was he afraid of failure? Well, other people seem to have been entrusted with more than me. There's no way I can keep up with them. Ugh, forget about it. I'm just going to bury it. Or was he afraid of what others think? Maybe he's his master's been gone a long time. Maybe he's embarrassed. When's your master coming back? Well, one day. And that's what it's like being a believer. Jesus has been gone a long time. I mean, he's present by his spirit. 
but he ascended to heaven to say, I will come back. Thousands of years later, where is this saviour you believe in? When's he coming back? He is. He's coming back one day. And he's going to take us to be with him in glory. Really? Yeah. But this servant just thought, nah, I'm just going just to get rid of it. What he did with the treasure out of fear, whatever his, whatever his reasons for being afraid, what he did was treat the treasure like a dead thing. Think, what do you do with dead things? Bury them in the ground. In our house, we had so many different pets when we were growing up. We had maybe a cat, a couple of rabbits, guinea pigs, gerbils, hamsters. Our garden was full of them. Because what do you do when guinea pig passes away? There he goes. We're not going to get any joy out of that now, are we? Sorry, was that a bit... Well, what are you going to do? (laughs) You can shove it on the mantelpiece if you want, but I don't think that's going to bless anyone. He treated treasure like a dead thing. It's It's not worth much now. It's putting in the ground. There you go, you can have it back. No, thank you. Paul is saying to Timothy, 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 don't bury your treasure. Don't put it in the ground. Don't cover it up. Don't hide away. Paul can say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God. He's not ashamed of it, so he's spreading it around. He's sharing it. Let's be those who dare to be the awkward person who bring God into the conversation. Don't just collect knowledge about God. Put it to work. Share what you have. And thirdly, be faithful and rely on God's grace. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't give in. Persevere. Oh, Timothy, it is a hard task. I know it's taking longer than you thought, and the opposition is stronger than you thought, and progress can seem slow. But trust God, Timothy. Be faithful, Timothy. Don't worry about how successful you think your efforts are. Don't think of yourself as being in competition with others who may have more or may have less. When those two servants who did put the money to work were before their master, in Matthew 25 it says that Jesus, that the master rather, praised them in exactly the same terms. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, now be in charge of many things and come and share my happiness. That's what the master said to both servants. On what basis? One had gained five more. The other had gained two more. You might say, well, the percentages are the same. The amounts were different. Jesus says to both of them, well done. Good and faithful servant. We can worry about how successful we are. God is saying, be faithful with what I've given you. Be faithful with what I've entrusted to you. Maybe, maybe it is a hard task. But the Lord is saying, persevere. Be encouraged. God is at work. Maybe like Timothy, you would like to be somewhere else, doing something else, with or for someone else. Maybe dramatic change is right around the corner, and the Lord is about to transport you into a completely different situation, uh, a new season, a different task with other people, with fresh gifting, 
But trust God for the future. What about today? Look at what he has entrusted to you already and treasure the good news that is in Jesus. Maybe God is at work in you right now, holding the treasure out to you and saying, will you take it? Will will you receive it? This isn't just for those who got baptised. This isn't just for those who are here every week. This is for you. Those sharing about God's tremendous love, you know that is for you. Life being changed, people go into the pool and they come back out again. It's representing something profound. An old life has gone. A new life has started in, in Christ. Which means a, a life where that, uh, all of our sin, all of our filth, all, of our, all the things we've done wrong, everything we've said, everything we've thought, everything we've wanted to do, everything we have done, that hasn't glorified God. In a moment, by Jesus, it's gone. Up we come into a new life. Not trying to please ourselves, but seeking to please him. But knowing by seeking to please him, our life will be the most blessed. Come and share your master's happiness. Maybe God is at work in you right now. Maybe at first glance, it doesn't look all that impressive or desirable. Maybe it it looks a bit dated. It sounds a bit strange. But right here, in God's word, you will find, and in a saviour who is alive, abundant grace, transforming power, real joy, and a life following him. My encouragement to you would be, don't, don't dismiss it, but receive it. If you have already received it, don't go bury it. <laughs> Put it to work. Share it. Persevere. In Jesus' name. Amen.